This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. It was late Wednesday night when the Hedek Baal Shem Tov went over to one of his younger Hasidim and invited him to spend Shabbos with the Rebbe in the town of Leipzig in Germany. Now this Hasid, who was obviously in Mezhibuz, learning with the Baal Shem Tov in Ukraine, he was from Leipzig, and it was quite a long journey to get back there. And so on the one hand, he was very pleased that the Baal Shem Tov invited him to spend Shabbos with him. And on the other hand, he was excited to go and see his parents. And early Thursday morning... The Baal Shem Tov, the Hasid, and Alexei, his driver, started heading on their way to Leipzig. It was meant to be a 10-hour ride, so the Hasid knew there was plenty of time until they got there. But the Baal Shem Tov turned to him and he said, Don't count on seeing your parents on this trip. There won't be any time. The Hasid thought to himself, How could it be? It's Thursday morning, it's a 10-hour trip, I won't have time to see my parents? How could that be? In the meantime, the Baal Shem Tov turns to Alexei, his driver, and tells him that he can let the reins of the horses go, and that he can go to sleep. And so Alexei lets the horses go wherever they wanted and falls asleep. And during the entire time that they're traveling, the Baal Shem Tov didn't stop saying words of Torah. And even though the wagon was moving quickly, and it seemed like they were making good time, after 15 hours of traveling and the sun was setting, they still weren't anywhere near Leipzig. The wagon pulled over on the side of the road, and they tied the horses to a tree. And as soon as they did, the Hasid fell asleep right away. He woke up the next morning, and he looked over at the Baal Shem Tov, who was still learning Torah, as if the Baal Shem Tov hadn't slept for one second all night. And then it seemed strange to the Hasid. They'd been traveling again for several hours, but it seemed like they were going nowhere. And he was wondering, where are they going to spend Shabbos? When all of a sudden, in the distance, he sees a house. And as they got closer, the Hasid saw that there was a mezuzah on the door. So he said, Baruch Hashem, at least we're going to have a place to stay for Shabbos. And the wagon stops right in front of the house. The door opens and an old woman comes out, so happy to see the Baal Shem Tov. She calls her husband and he comes out and he hugs the Baal Shem Tov and pours blessings on him. And the Baal Shem Tov says to the Hasid, you stay here. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Don't go anywhere. And the Baal Shem Tov closes the door of the wagon. And 15 minutes later, they're on their way. The Hasid is confused because he thought they were going to spend Shabbos there. He turns to the Heilig Baal Shem Tov and says, Rebbe, weren't we going to spend Shabbos here? But the Baal Shem Tov just told Alexei, let the reins go and let the horses go where they need to go. And within a short amount of time, they were traveling again. The horses this time went into a field and then into a forest and they stopped. And the Baal Shem Tov got out and the Hasid came with him. And the Baal Shem Tov took out a silver kiddush cup from his bag. And he looks at the Hasid and he said, listen quietly. You can hear it. And then they heard water. There was a little brook, a little stream of water, underneath the grass, there in the forest. They pushed the grass away. The Baal Shem Tov put his kiddush cup into the water and then stood up tall and he made a blessing of Sha'akol. But it wasn't just a blessing. It seemed like the entire forest was shaking from this bracha. The Hasid had never heard anything like it in his life. 
Then the Baal Shem Tov finished drinking, and he made an afterbracha. And again, the forest was shaking from his bracha. Then he told the chasa, let's go, get in the wagon. We have to get to Leipzig before Shabbos. But the sun was already beginning to set. And the chassid was wondering, how are we ever going to get to Leipzig? This is not going to happen like this. And as he was trying to figure out where they're going to spend Shabbos, all of a sudden the Baal Shem Tov says to Alexei, Here, turn down this street. The chassid looks outside the wagon, and they were in Leipzig. And he didn't understand how they could have gotten there so fast. And he said to himself, Oh wow, we're almost near my parents. This is amazing. We can spend Shabbos with my parents. But to his amazement, the Baal Shem Tov didn't go into the Jewish quarter. He told Alexei, here, here, turn right. And the Chassid said, no, no, not here. This is Schillergrass. This is where all the university taverns are. This is where all the anti-Semites are. If we go there, they're going to kill us. But the Baal Shem Tov didn't pay any attention. And after a few minutes, he told the driver to stop. <laughs> he said, this is where we're spending Shabbos. But let's go quickly, it's almost Shabbos. So they grabbed their bags and they went to a little store that had a sign over it saying Shoemaker. And the Baal Shem Tov knocked loudly on the door. A little peephole opened up. And they heard the locks unlocking quickly. And in no time the door was open. And standing behind the door was an elegant looking Jew dressed for the Holy Shabbos. Come in, come in. What are you crazy? What are you doing out there? Come in quickly. So they came in, and the old man locked the door. He said to them, you're crazy. This is the most dangerous place for a Jew to be. You know, those people are real animals. They're animals. They sit and they study in their universities all day, but they're bloodthirsty animals. If they didn't need a shoemaker, they would have killed me and my family a long time ago. Who are you? What are you doing here? The Baal Shem Tov said, everything will be fine. He said, but look, it's almost Shabbos, and we need to daven mincha. The shoemaker had seven sons. Together with the Baal Shem Tov and his chassid, and the shoemaker, they had a minion. So the Baal Shem Tov began davening at the top of his voice. The shoemaker was shocked, because he never davened that loud. He never wanted to draw attention to himself in this dangerous place. But the Baal Shem Tov started opening up the windows of the shoemaker's store, so that everyone outside could hear him leading the davening. And at first, the shoemaker and his family were scared. But then they'd never heard davening like that in their lives. And their hearts started beating because they'd never heard such a davening before. And it didn't take long before there was the sound of bottles breaking against the door. And rocks and people shouting outside, Kill the Jew! Kill the Jew! The Baal Shem Tov opened the door. And someone threw a rock straight at his head. But somehow it missed. And then a guy came running over to the Baal Shem Tov with an iron bar. And he said, you dirty Jew, I'm going to kill. Ah! And he was frozen. His hand was stuck in the air. And he was screaming from pain. Another student came with a big knife. And the same thing happened. His arm was frozen in the air and he was screaming from pain. All the other students, they were shocked. They dropped their bottles, rocks, and knives. And they begged the Baal Shem Tov to take the spell away. The Baal Shem Tov simply turned around to go back into the shoemaker's house, and the two students fell on the floor, unconscious. The other students carried them away, and that was it. It was quiet for the rest of the night. The Baal Shem Tov left the door wide open, and the windows wide open. He washed his hands and started the special prayer for bringing in the Shabbos, Kabbalah Shabbos. He started with the davening, Good Shabbos, Good Shabbos. 
Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, good Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos. And the whole family began davening like they'd never davened in their lives. This most dangerous place turned into what felt like the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple in ancient times. And after a few minutes, a tall, thin man, wrapped in a black coat with a hood over his head, stood at the door. He looked around him, and he found a corner in the room and just sat down and stared at the Baal Shem Tov the whole time he was davening. When the davening was over and everybody sat down to eat the meal, they were singing and sharing words of Torah. And the whole time, and the whole time, the stranger was just standing there, staring at the Baal Shem Tov, who paid no attention to him at all. And when they finished the meal, the man in the cloak went over to the shoemaker and asked them if they would be davening again tomorrow morning. And as soon as the shoemaker said yes, the man turned around and he walked out of the house. The shoemaker turns to the chassid of the Baal Shem Tov and he says to him, Do you know that that's Professor Schlanger, the most anti-Semitic professor in all of Germany? I have no idea what he was doing here. But the next morning, the professor showed up. He went to the corner and he stood the whole time staring at the Baal Shem Tov until the meal was over. And that was it, they didn't see him again. Shabbos ended, and the next morning the Baal Shem Tov and his chassid said goodbye to the family. They got into their wagon, and five hours later they were back home. The Baal Shem Tov turns to his chassid with a big smile, and he says, You see, I told you you wouldn't have time to see your parents. And the chassid wasn't so worried about seeing his parents, but he had many questions from this trip. He said, Rebbe, please, if I'm allowed to know, can you please tell me what happened on this trip? And the Baal Shem Tov said to him, If you're worthy of knowing, I'll be able to answer. So the Chassid said, Who was that old man whose house we stopped at at the beginning of the trip? And why did we go into the forest and drink a cup of water? And what was the point of spending Shabbos in the shoemaker's house? I don't understand what happened. The Baal Shem Tov waited a few seconds and then he answered him. The man that I spoke with was one of the hidden tzaddikim, one of the Lamed Vav. The whole world depends on him and the other tzaddikim existing. And it was decided that that tzaddik would be the first to greet Mashiach when he arrives. So that's what we spoke about. The reason that we went into the forest is because I was able to see with my holy vision that since the beginning of creation, no one had ever said a bracha, a blessing on the water that was in that stream. And if we had waited any longer, it would have been too late. And what we accomplished in the shoemaker's house on Shabbos, that, my sweetest friend, will be revealed to you one day when the time is right. And 20 years later, long after the Helegabal Shemtov had left this world, the Chassid was in the town of Minsk, and he sees a distinguished-looking Jew come over to him and stop him on the street. The distinguished Jew says to the Chassid, Are you a Chassid of the Helegabal Shemtov? The Chassid said, Yes, I am. He said, Have you ever been to the town of Leipzig? He said, Yeah. I grew up in Leipzig, and I was actually there for one Shabbos with the Helegabal Shemtov. When the Chassid answered, this distinguished Jew gave him a big hug and a kiss. And he said, do you recognize me? Do you know who I am? The Chassid said, I'm really sorry. I don't recognize you at all. He said, I'm the professor that came and visited you on Shabbos. The most famous anti-Semitic professor in all of Germany. That was me. The Chassid looks at him. He says, but you're a Jew. You have a beard and a kippah and tzitziot and you look like a rabbi. And the professor said, I am a rabbi now. And the Chassid was confused. He said, I don't understand what's going on. So the former professor, he said, it's true, I was the greatest anti-Semite in all of Germany. 
I hated Jews more than everyone. But when I heard from the students what happened when they tried to kill the Baal Shem Tov, I had to see for myself. In the moment that I set my eyes on the Heidek Rebbe, I knew that I could never hate Jews again. And then I stood there the whole Shabbos staring at the Rebbe, taking in his holy light. And when Shabbos was over, I couldn't stop thinking about him. I decided after a few months to leave the university and move to another country. I started learning about Judaism, and eventually I converted and became a Jew. I don't know how the Rebbe could have known that inside such a big Jew hater as me, there was a Jewish neshama that had the potential to come out and become a rabbi, which is what I am here in Minsk. But he did, and now the Chassid understood the last answer of the Baal Shem Tov, that the reason that they spent Shabbos in Leipzig in the most anti-Semitic section was in order to help the professor become who he was truly meant to be. Well, that was fun. Thanks for listening, my sweetest friends.